coming to DLF Family, a podcast. That's Tommy B. I'm the SFD. This is a super flex super show. And here we go with some week 12 standard operating procedures. We've had a few of these weeks so far, Tommy. Um, so and, and they're just so much fun that I guess we have to do it again. So how do you feel about <laughs> talking about crappy quarterbacks? You know what, though, John, that intro never gets old for me. I don't know about you, Super Friends, but like every time I just I come into this show and like it's been a long weekend. It's been a long Monday, but you you bring it every single time with that intro. And I'm just I'm now pumped to talk about fantasy football, man. Like <laughs> quarterbacks aside, whatever. That's the entire reason for that intro, by the way. <laughs> Sometimes you need a little extra energy. We need a we need to snort a quick rail of uh, <laughs> <laughs> of super show energy so that we can get pumped up to talk about Drew Locke and Jake yeah. Browning. <laughs> Mission accomplished, man. Let's get into some Tim Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Actually, a little excited for Tim Boyle. So we'll we'll get to that in a second. Real good. Let's let's jump into these standard operating procedures before. Uh, before we get to waivers and uh, next week, this week stashes, let's talk about some players just to make sure they're rostered. Um, got a kind of a supersized, got a full lineup actually today. Mm-hmm. All we're missing is a flex. Uh, well, in a super flex, actually. Um, and we could have, we could, we could come up with that pretty easily. Uh, Tommy DeVito is your quarterback uh, after a, uh, a Actually, a pretty uh, pretty solid game against the Washington Commanders. He's not going to play Washington every week, but he plays them again, I believe. So, uh, and and just kind of proves once again that you know a starting NFL quarterback. That's all we really need because these guys all have the exact same type of upside. He doesn't quite have the upside of a Lamar Jackson or a Jalen Hurts. I'll grant you that, but he's got. Uh, he's 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 got just as much upside as you know a lot of the guys you're starting right now baker mayfield and gardner Minshew. tommy devito has that same upside so always worth considering uh as a start and should absolutely be rostered in super flex leagues at running back zach charbonnet and ty chandler so kenneth walker goes out with an injury and now we're looking at zach charbonnet as being the bell cow in seattle um, on a short week, uh, where Ty Chandler, it's it's not quite as solid. We didn't quite get as much uh, signal as we would like with him, but still a, a very nice game. Eighty-one yards rushing. Um, you know, thirty something of it came on a fake punt, but still, it, it, the big thing is this is like an eye test thing, and and there's several of these situations around the league. But uh, Ty Chandler just looks like the more explosive back um, more than Alexander Madison at this point. So it feels like just a matter of time before he takes on a bigger workload there. Jaden Reed at wide receiver, uh, the, the, the top wide receiver at this point for the Green Bay Packers. Romeo Dubs is right there as well. Uh, make sure both of those guys are rostered, come to think of it. And then Tutu Atwell with... Cooper Cup going down with an injury, um, hopefully not a major injury, but it was still it's an injury to that same 
uh, ankle that he uh, that he had surgery on to start the season. So we're kind of preparing here for the possibility that we might be without uh, Cooper Cup for the next several weeks. Tutu Atwell ended up being kind of one one B to Puka Nakua uh, before Cooper Cup made his season debut. And then finally, a tight end, Tyler Conklin of the New York Jets. Uh, we're getting a quarterback switch. And a lot of times when you see a new quarterback come in, you're going to really see them lean on the tight end position. There's also, man, there's just kind of, it, it felt like that offense was just fully loaded for Aaron Rodgers going into the season. Aaron Rodgers goes down and all of a sudden, it's like Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, and what? <laughs> like none of these guys are like Xavier Gibson at this point is is more productive than Alan Lazard, you know. So Tyler Conklin, you know, if, if for all intents and purposes, could be the second, if not, uh, or or even uh, the third, if not the second option for the new quarterback Tim Boyle. Yeah, it seems like especially in tight end premium leagues. Tyler Conklin is a really strong um, startable option down the stretch. And I love the 2-2 Atwell ad. I'm not a big fan of wide receivers, and really neither are you, John. But yeah. <laughs> if 2-2 Atwell's out there, I'm intrigued, man. I think you've got a top 24 wide receiver as long as Cooper Cup is out. So those are great stashes. And even though there's no buys this week, um, no, no teams on buy, you do have to manage your roster pretty diligently um, because we've got games on just about every day this week. We've got the Thanksgiving games coming up and then the first black Friday game ever um, just consumerism at its finest right there. <laughs> and then moving into Sunday, we've still got the games and Monday as well. So we really need to stay on top of who's in, who's out, who tweaks an ankle in practice. So keep an eye on those practice reports, super friends. Um, but let's give you some ads because there's a lot that we've got going on here, um, especially at the quarterback position. Jake Browning, um, Cincinnati Bengal quarterback. It looks like we're we're done with uh, Joe Burrow this year, which is kind of a disaster for the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's it's been a lost season in general. Even with Burrow, it felt like they were maybe on the outside looking in in the playoff picture. Um, so look at Jake Browning at the quarterback position, as well as Dorian Thompson Robinson for the Cleveland Browns, Tim Boyle for the New York Jets, and Drew Locke for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Geno Smith had an injury, and it's really just been kind of a, a disaster at the quarterback position in terms of injuries. Who among these quarterbacks, John, are you most interested in and why? It's by far Tim Boyle for me. Dorian Thompson Robinson looked looked just fine. Um, we're going to talk though about his immediate backup, who might push him for some work uh, when we get to next week. This week, but the you know Drew Locke, uh, we this might not even get off the runway. I mean, uh -huh. there's 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 a possibility that Geno Smith is ready for the Thursday nighter against San Francisco, and uh, you know this is kind of a non-starter but um jake browning obviously is going to start the rest of the season for cincinnati but in and he's throwing to a very good receiving core so you know i think you still bucket him with tommy devito but man tim boyle first of all takes over a, a you know very good offense with Brees hall garrett wilson tyler conklin 
um, a little a little lighter on uh, on weapons than what we saw earlier. But he's also one of those guys. He's just kind of one of those you know those those preseason darling type of guys who um, you know we've just seen him be very explosive uh, in his opportunities and uh you know it's just gonna to me it's gonna be a very different experience than what you've had with zach wilson zach wilson is trying so hard not to make bad decisions which is just he's trying to to just completely defy his dna like this is this is who you are zach wilson you make bad decisions so at least make bad aggressive decisions but he doesn't even do that. Tim Boyle is going to be aggressive for you. He also processes information better. Who doesn't like it's, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, there's a, like this could be very similar to what we've seen with the jets the last few years with Mike white. This could be a very similar situation to that. And Mike white has been, had been very startable uh, once he took over the starting job in New York. Yeah, I don't mind the the Boyle ad. For me, it's Jake Browning. And again, it's the eye test. There aren't a lot of numbers to back this up. But of these four quarterbacks, Browning has looked the best to me. Um, and again, the weapons are really good. The system is kind of built up around him to, if anybody's going to succeed, it, it could be him. But I don't have a strong lean on on any of these quarterbacks. Where I do feel a lot stronger is at the running back position this week. So I've got some dynasty uh, running back ads for you, as well as a couple of redraft ones. Let's start with Izzy Abanacanda, uh, New York Jets backup. Dalvin Cook is just, he's not doing it anymore. He's over the hill. Um, he's underproducing by about 40% on his expected fantasy points. It's it's Abanacanda time. Um, same with Dearness Johnson. He's, he's really established himself in the Jacksonville backfield as the number two option um, with with Tank Bigsby essentially handling two fourth down carries, and that's about it. So Johnson is the injury away guy to ETN right now and definitely worth an add. Um, Salvin Ahmed, that Miami backfield, you really just want any piece of it um, that you can get. And Salvin Ahmed is currently the cheapest and producing backup running back. A redraft ad for you, Kyron Williams. If your league does not have IR spots, it's Kyron Williams time uh, with the LA Rams. And he was legitimately a mid-tier RB1 earlier in the season. And I think he could just jump right back into a pretty solid workload. The running back position in general at uh, LA has been pretty solid in fantasy production. And so I'm excited for Kyron Williams to come back. And then everyone is talking about Austin Eckler and how he just kind of looks like, you know, a fullback out there right now. I don't know what's going on. I'll be totally honest with you. But Josh Kelly is the backup, so why not give him a stash just in case this Eckler situation is coming to fruition where maybe he's got an injury, maybe he's just lost a step, and it's time to open that backfield back up to more of a, a split in workload. At wide receiver, though, we've got OBJ. Odell Beckham Jr. He's had 16 targets the past few weeks. Um, It looks like he's starting to grab some target share, grab some workload in the um, Baltimore offense. And with Mark Andrews out, I think that Odell Beckham may be a streamable candidate uh, for the rest of the season. And then we've got Rondell Moore, who had, 
I think something like 14 points this week um, in a typical PPR league. That was really one big play, uh, essentially, um, but a possible add if you're in a really tough spot. The player I am most uh, aggressive in adding this week, Isaiah Likely. With Andrews going down, Likely steps into a really promising role. Whatever fab I have left, I am going to be dropping on Isaiah Likely. I have Mark Andrews in 13 of my 18 leagues, and so I'm in a tough spot. I've got pretty good tight ends behind Mark Andrews, but I want to put in a max fab bid wherever I can, wherever Isaiah Likely is on waivers, because he produces somewhere, you know, 80 to 85% of what Mark Andrews does traditionally. We saw that last year. He was a startable player. Um, and then Stone Smart, John, this is somebody that you kind of picked out of the tight end rubble heap a couple weeks ago. And I just want to highlight him because he's producing, he's a streamable option. Yeah. Got the touchdown. Um, Donald Parham still very involved. So it's a, it's a tough situation, but man, like they just don't have receivers healthy anymore. <laughs> like yeah. we had talked about Jalen Guyton as a next week, this week, I believe, but you know, we were talking about he's, he's, you know, he's kind of next in line because he's one of the few healthy wide receivers with a few healthy pass catchers in that Chargers offense. And then he didn't play. So <laughs> it's, it's like somebody's got to get on the field. So Justin Herbert has somebody to throw to like, yeah. Uh, so I mean, you know, stone smart, Donald Parham, like you go to a two tight end set. I, I mean, it's better than nothing. Like in, you don't have any healthy receivers other than Keenan Allen. You got Quentin Johnston, but he can't catch. So, like, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? You know. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, Isaiah. Likely, I think if if Kyron Williams is available, I think he's your top uh, your top priority. Um, mm -hmm. But beyond that, I'm I'm with you. I think Isaiah Likely is the the guy that I'm uh, prioritizing out of this group. The 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 rest of those running backs that we talked about, it's just kind of we're we're just making kind of a bet, you know. Um, and it, it, like Abinaconda, I think is kind of the biggest bet. Just like we're kind of um, we're seeing the the Jets kind of shift to more of a a little bit of a younger approach. And you know, here late in the season, they're they're getting away from Zach Wilson, going to Tim Boyle. You know, they're just kind of resetting that entire offense at this point. And, you know, if you're not going to be competitive, if you're not going to be in the playoff hunt and, you know, you, you are, you're unsettled at quarterback, why waste that on Brees? Why waste Brees Hall on that? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of what we're looking for is Brees Hall might get shut down early. Um, and then you, you see a lot more Abinaconda. So, but that's the type of thing that we're, that we're kind of chasing it running back. And I don't think that it warrants, a you know, a, a very big bid. No, definitely not. Especially because probably a third of your league is not even paying attention to running back anymore. Redraft or dynasty, right? Like people are just out of it. And those people, they aren't listening to us in your ears right now. Like you have an advantage because you're you're considering these different running backs. You don't have to put in a big waiver bid anymore at the running back position. You can just put, you know, a couple of percent here and there on these guys and very likely grab them.
Yep, absolutely. So big bid though on Isaiah Likely because he's uh, he's likely a starter for you. Um, next week, this week, we've got some very similar running backs. In fact, it looks like we've got one absolutely <laughs> identical. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but that's the thing. Like that's where these uh, these running backs get fairly low priority. You know, beyond Kyron Williams. Uh, the rest of these guys are kind of lower priority because you can make the exact same bet for free with a couple of these other guys that we're ta- we're going to talk about in a second. But first, quarterbacks. Joe Flacco signs with Cleveland. I don't know that they bring him in necessarily to be the starter. I don't know that you want to move uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson to the bench necessarily. But they're man, that's a very winnable division at this point, uh, especially with Joe Burrow out for the season. Kenny Pickett's horrible. Um, you know, it's it's it, it's really kind of Cleveland and Baltimore neck and neck at this point. So you know, maybe Joe Flacco is uh, a little bit safer option to get you to the playoffs. Um, there's there's a reason they signed him. It, you know, it, uh, I, I'm not saying that he necessarily takes over that starting job right away, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of the plan. So get in early. And then Carson Wentz for the Rams um, with Matthew Stafford looking like just total garbage. Uh, and, and, you know, now losing Cooper Cup, it's kind of another one of those situations. It's kind of a lost season. Why keep throwing Matthew Stafford out there to throw to you know, a bunch of young dudes, um, and risk further injury, you know? So Carson Wentz could be, uh, it it could be a starter sooner rather than later, uh, running back. Um, we've got Israel Abinaconda, like kind of either way, like you can prioritize him, um, because, you know, make this bet on, uh, the possibility of Brees Hall getting shut down, um, you might be able to sneak him through waivers. Uh, someone that you're absolutely going to sneak through waivers is Ellis <laughs> Ellis Merriweather. I uh, wasn't even sure of the name yet. <laughs> but, but at this point, he's the only healthy running back. I mean, A.J. Dillon, but beyond him, Ellis Merriweather is the, the backup running back in Green Bay. Now, they maybe they signed somebody, but at this moment, it's elevate Merriweather off of uh, practice squad, and that's your running back two in that offense. Zamir White, uh, and and again, you know, talking about the potential of uh, shutting down Brees Hall, the Raiders could do the exact same thing with Josh Jacobs and just say this is a lost season. We're not going to waste any of the uh, you know the 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 capped mileage on Josh Jacobs, we're not going to waste that on Aiden O'Connell. So that could be coming as well. And Zamir White is one of the better backups in the league, honestly. Yeah. So, uh, and then Leonard Fournette, we've been talking about him for weeks now after he signed with Buffalo. It's just a matter of time before he gets elevated from practice squad. And when he does, he really kind of upgrades them at every every facet of the running game. He's a better pass catcher than the guys they have. And yes, that includes James Cook. I'm sorry to tell you, Leonard Fournette's a, he's been a more effective pass catcher, even than James Cook. 
Um, certainly better in uh, short yardage and goal line situations than Latavius Murray. Like there's 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 a lot that Leonard Fournette with fresh legs can do for that Buffalo offense. A wide receiver, Dontavian Wicks, uh, so 2.19 yards per route run. Um, just needs the snap share to increase a little bit. And it's a, it's a pretty murky group right at the moment, but, uh, he seems to be kind of, you know, you've got the short yardage stuff with dubs and Jaden Reed. He kind of seems to be a little bit more of the field stretcher. So, um, that we thought Christian Watson was going to be, but apparently not. And then Austin Trammell, who is the, turns out is the immediate backup to Cooper cup. We talked about Tutu Atwell. Alan Trammell was actually the one to get the biggest workload um, increase once uh, Cooper Cup went out with the injury. And then finally, a tight end, Lucas Kroll, uh, is uh, being uh, elevated from the practice squad in Denver. And um, they have not been able to figure out a pass-catching tight end uh, since Greg Dulcich's injuries uh, to start the season and then re-injured it almost immediately when he came back so they've been you know they keep trying with adam troutman and it, it, they just they haven't been able to find somebody who can actually enhance that offense and they think that lucas kroll is going to be that guy and that offense has really surprised me i don't know about you john but i'm impressed um by the Denver offense. I think they might actually legitimately be pretty good, which mm -hmm. for me, I was expecting garbage and I'm getting pretty good. So I, I mean, that's a deep cut Lucas Kroll. Um, I had never heard of him before this week. <laughs> me either. Yep. Me either. Broncos fan. No idea. <laughs> um, and I had high hopes for Dulcich, but let's give him a shot as a next week, this week player. Um, if, if you've got the room for it, um, because Let's just jump right into the drops. At this point in the season, like I said before, four of the managers in a 12-team league are probably not paying attention anymore. And that includes a lot of my dynasty leagues that I'm seeing where folks are just checking out, right? And so that gives you a little bit more leeway on the waiver wire. And also it gives you more leeway to drop players because you know you can snag them back up if you need to. And so one of my strategies that I've sort of promoted for 11 weeks now um, is grabbing any running back you can that is an injury or two away from relevant touches. And I think we can narrow that scope down a little bit, John. I think that mm -hmm. the third string running backs that maybe don't have a ton of potential or talent or athletic traits, I think maybe we dump them onto the waiver wire now. Right now, we're in a, a point where it makes sense to have the backup quarterback in super flex leagues when you're contending. If you had Jake Browning as opposed to, you know, a third string running back, yes, you would be in trouble because you lost Joe Burrow potentially. But you know what? You'd have a starting option if you needed it. And I think at this point in the season, that's the right way to look at the last three or four spots of your roster if you're in, say, a 28 man dynasty league. Um, and so my, my potential drop is a lot of these third string running backs that I've been rostering for the previous 11 weeks. Yeah, that's, I like that a lot. It's there's just more upside with handcuffs with immediate mm -hmm. handcuffs. 
you know, and especially like if, if we're looking at kind of like the third guy in a committee, that type of guy, uh, yeah. you know, Pierre, Pierre Strong is a great example of this. What's totally. the upside with Pierre Strong? Like, what's the path? Um, whereas, you know, you get him out of the way and somebody like Zamir White, like Israel Abinaconda, you know, the, those are the type of guys that give you a lot more upside and a lot more opportunity to uh, actually get them into your lineup and, uh, you know, actually win some games for you. Yeah. And like half the reason I was rostering these guys was let's say that, you know, disaster strikes in a backfield in the Cleveland backfield. And, you know, we have injuries to um, Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. Part of the value of having a Pierre Strong is you could trade him away. And I've seen about half the leagues out there trade deadlines up. You can't trade anymore. So that value is all gone. And so now it's just about focusing on your roster and really some of the very elite contenders in your league as well. So if you have, um, you know, a super team in your league, but they're a little tight at quarterback, grab the backup quarterbacks uh, from whatever roster that they've got and drop some of these running backs. Um, but ran over, who do you have, John? Yeah, while you're at it, drop Quentin Johnston. So Please. it's a redraft thing. Um, yeah. We're not quite there in Dynasty, although I think he's like sell, sell now, um, sell for whatever you can get because, uh, you know, we're we're just not seeing nearly enough flash for what we need from a rookie run, a rookie wide receiver like it, him breaking out at this point is going to be a massive outlier. So. Like we're getting to that point in dynasty. We're absolutely there in redraft though. He had his shot. Mike Williams out, Jalen Guyton out, Josh Palmer out. They had nothing in wide receiver. And uh, they, you know, Herbert gives him a shot on a deep ball, hit him right in the hands and he dropped it. And that was kind of it. After that, it's all tight ends. You know, Keenan Allen, even Darius Davis kind of ended up being the, the, the next guy up for them, but Josh uh, Quentin Johnston just is not really uh, just not moving the needle for them anymore. So go ahead and drop him in redraft leagues. And then you can also drop to me, you can drop the Panthers running backs, both of them. We talked about miles Sanders in the last couple of weeks. He's just kind of taking over a, a little bit of a workload from Chuba Hubbard, just enough to where like they're basically splitting it right down the middle in a absolutely horrible running game with a very bad schedule to finish off the season. It, it anybody who thinks that they can scoop up Chuba Hubbard and win a fantasy championship with them, tell them, be my guest, uh, <laughs> get him off of your roster, get him out of the way and let somebody else deal with the heartburn and the, the brain damage that's coming. Uh, for the rest of the season with those two guys. Yeah, I took your advice last week and I traded away both Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard and I got Jerome Ford and I, I feel pretty good about that, to be honest with you. That man, that's a huge win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I mean, like Jerome Ford seems to be stuck in a similar type of committee, but you know, it's still, it, it's, it's a better schedule. It's a better, overall opportunity it's a better offense um certainly a better offensive line so yeah jerome ford is uh, to me like a league winner 
um, just because of the situation that he's in. Yeah. Um, how about some players you can fade? I, I, I just, I only have one. We talked about him earlier. Um, you mentioned him as a, as a waiver possible priority, but for the exact reasons that you gave why we shouldn't prioritize Rondale more, uh, I'm fading. I'm fading he, one, one long touchdown catch. That is not something worth chasing. I'm absolutely fading Rondale more. It's a good one to fade too. Um, he's he's an easy guy to get off the roster for just about anything. Third round pick. Thank you. See you later. Um, I've got some more premier guys, and one of them I think is going to bring you a lot of joy, John. Um, at the quarterback position, I am officially for yes. this season only. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> uh, I hate saying I this. But I don't want to say it. I have I, goosebumps right now. I think you should fade Lamar Jackson. Yes, you friends. should. Yes, you <laughs> absolutely should. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Why? Um, why are you fading him? Why am You're I not, fading him? You won't be as harsh as I will. So, uh, so okay. this is a good, a, a great opportunity to get some more rational analysis on Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I am fading him for a couple reasons. Um, so let's focus on Lamar Jackson. He has an ankle injury. Right. And so a big part of his game is running around. He doesn't take a lot of huge hits, but the threat of him running really opens up the passing game for him. And he is limited now physically, but also his primary pass catcher, Mark Andrews, is done for the year. So that spells double trouble for Lamar Jackson. Not only that, he has an upcoming buy still. He hasn't had his buy yet. And so all three of those factors to me signal that he is not going to be an elite performer for me exactly when I need him, which is down this, this stretch of contending. So I'm a little nervous about Lamar Jackson. I, I don't think I need to ask your opinion, do I, John? No, not at all. I mean, if, if you did, one of the <laughs> things I would say is that I'm not even nervous at this point. I, I am just completely comfortable with the analysis that uh even a fully healthy Lamar Jackson with Mark Andrews fully healthy is still just not consistent enough for me to count on he has way too many 10 12 point games uh in his system for me to to feel okay about him we still need to have that conversation and unfortunately <laughs> yeah. we don't have time uh, today to do that. We need to set aside 30 minutes, John. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other guy I'm fading is the tight end one overall. Um, I was wrong about TJ Hawkinson coming into the season. I didn't think he had this in him, um, you know, 12 targets a game, but it's really been the perfect storm for him. Um, you know, every negative outcome has been bolstered by positive variance, right? So quarterback goes down, maybe better quarterback comes in, um, you know, Justin Jefferson gets hurt. So he's really been the focal point of this offense for the Minnesota Vikings, but Justin Jefferson's coming back. It might not be this week. Um, I hope it is fingers crossed. Um, but Justin Jefferson is going to be coming back and they also have a buy the Minnesota Vikings do. And so same reason, right? He's not going to be as much a central point of this offense. Um, he's got a bye week coming up. 
if I could move laterally, I'd really consider it. Um, but at the very least, I'm fading TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, there's also just kind of an opportunity right now. I mean, mm-hmm. He is a tight end one in fantasy. And meanwhile, to me, there are three young guys who, especially in the Dynasty League, who are going to lock down that position for you long term. Yeah. Sam Laporta, Trey McBride, and uh, wait, why did I just? Oh, Dalton Kincaid. Mm-hmm. Like those three, those three guys are pretty easily attainable. And you might get it straight up for TJ Hawkinson, and you might even get something added on right now. Yeah. And that's like, that's the type of, that's the, the type of window that we should be chasing. Exactly. There's this tenuous situation. Like, don't stand there. Keep moving, super friends. If you don't have a trade deadline or it hasn't come up yet, really great opportunity to move laterally, get a value add, and just fall into a better situation. You've got a couple other tight ends that we can uh, that you could potentially move TJ Hawkinson for. Um, so before uh, before we get to that, though, just to just so I can uh, tease it a little bit for, <laughs> first, I'm going to tell you about Jalen Warren. And I think that you should be buying Jalen Warren if you're a contender. Um, you're you're going to have to buy a little bit high right at the moment after the game he just had, and you know, especially breaking a 74 yard touchdown run. Um, the thing is, you're you're he still hasn't hit his uh, his value ceiling. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. he Najee Harris is still very involved, and in fact, the last couple of weeks we've seen Najee Harris. I mean, three straight weeks now of Najee Harris, um, really producing pretty well for fantasy purposes. Uh, getting in the end zone before this week in uh, two straight games, I believe. So. Like he's still staying super involved, but you watch the two and the difference is just, is just eye-opening. Yeah. Jalen Warren is running with purpose, with anger. Um, I actually tweeted that, that uh, Jalen Warren run, uh, runs angry. Najee Harris runs like depressed or something. Like, <laughs> he runs like he needs a hug from a support animal. So Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, John, I made a trade. I traded away Jalen Warren in a league that we're both in. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but I traded Jalen Warren straight up for Calvin Ridley, um, who also had a pretty good week this week. Is that the type of trade that you're looking for to acquire Jalen Warren? Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. I mean, I would go even I would be I would be willing to give up even more than Ridley to get him. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the type of move that I think I think we're looking for. Yeah, that felt really value lateral to me. I, I did yeah. that because I wanted to stack Ridley with um, Trevor Lawrence. And so, yeah, I was fine either way, to be honest with you. Um, but just to keep it actionable, I think that's about the tier that you're going to have to shop in if you want to acquire Jalen Warren right now, somewhere in that range. Yep. Um, but some guys that I want to acquire... Like I said, I'm I'm in a tough spot in a lot of my leagues because I have a lot of Mark Andrews and I wanted to give the super friends just some idea of what I'm doing, um, where I'm shopping right now um, to try to fix my tight end position. And so I have a cheap option and I have a slightly more expensive option. The cheap one, you can throw a third at a manager rostering Logan Thomas. And I think you can get a deal done. Now, why would you want Logan Thomas? With the commanders, he's averaging six targets and 10 points per game. 
in a non tight end premium league. That gets it done for me. That's that's good enough to keep up with everybody else who's contending who doesn't have Travis Kelsey, right? So you're just sort of holding serve with the masses um, by spending a third on a Logan Thomas. And so that's a deal that I'm exploring. And if I want to pay up, if I want to spend a little bit more, I'm going to circle back to a guy that I recommended two weeks ago that the Super Friends buy. That's George Kittle um, on fire this year really doing things that are indicating that he is still very much in his prime to the tune of 2.6 yards per route run and over a quarter of the time being the first read in that explosive offense. He's also scoring touchdowns at a rate that he's only ever done once before in his entire career. And so if you want to bet on upside, if you want to challenge the other strong contenders in your leagues at the tight end position, I think it's George Kittle that you need to buy because he's so much older than those young tight ends you were talking about, those rookies who cost well more than a first in a tight end premium league, probably more than two firsts in a tight end premium league. I think George Kittle is the guy that can help win you a championship this year. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, we just talked about those, those younger guys in dynasty, but man, they're expensive right now. Yeah, And the, you know, Logan Thomas and, and George Kittle still operating very, very similarly. Like the only reason that I prefer Laporta Kincaid and McBride is just is for the long term. But you know, in a redraft league, you're going to, you're getting very similar scoring from those, those two veterans. Yeah. And in a dynasty league, if you scaffold, an injured Mark Andrews with George Kittle in a tight end premium league next year, week one, you're pretty thrilled to start both of those players in your starting lineup. You know, you've got a a really strong elite tight end in Mark Andrews and very much a flex worthy player in George Kittle who can put up 40 points in a given week. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. How about some players we can sell? Yeah. Let's talk about some sells. Yours are much bigger than mine. Why don't you go ahead, John? <laughs> All right. So I'm selling Tony Pollard. Uh, Rico Dowdle was limited. Rico Dowdle, by the way, Dowdell, <laughs> however you say, <laughs> however we're supposed to say it, uh, is the best running back on that roster. Yeah. Just, just, you know, let's just clear that up real quick. Uh, but he was limited with an injury. He was able to play, but Tony Pollard in kind of the best possible matchup. Uh, and it finally gets in the end zone. I mean, every analyst on earth was calling for that to happen. And then once it happened, every analyst on earth was getting on X and celebrating, you know, <laughs> finally getting a touchdown from Tony Pollard for the first time since week one. Yeah. And it, it's just like, if, if that's something to celebrate the fact that he scored a, his second touchdown 10 weeks later then like that tells me that there's a market to sell an absolutely terrible running back who's only who who's able to score one touchdown every 10 weeks <laughs> like the, the the just kind of the the victory lapping over that just told me that there's there might be some value here there might be some people thinking that this is a turning point for Tony Pollard and yeah. the reality is he's going to go right back into that same slump. Yeah. Any deal that you have um, with Jalen Warren, if you're selling, 
get Rico Dowdell thrown in, and maybe you've got the same thing on your hands, you know, next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, yeah. And then I'm also selling Austin Eckler. You already talked about him. Like, he just, like, it, it just kind of reminds me of when David Johnson was like kind of clearly at the end you know when he was with houston and it was just like man why what like why doesn't he run full speed you know like that's kind of how it's feeling with austin eckler at the moment maybe it's an injury but man like at this it, it we know that 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 cliff whether it's age or usage you know either way austin eckler has been there for a couple seasons now and it, it comes out of nowhere with these running backs, but once it hits, it stays hit. Like he's, he's on his way down. He's over the cliff at this point. So if you can still sell him as, you know, somebody who could potentially help a contender win this season, uh, you know, I, I, uh, to me, this is your chance. This is your last chance. The window is going to close. Yeah. It's kind of a perfect time for him to fall off a little bit because it gives you the signal to move on. And there still isn't enough that, you know, someone won't buy, you know, at a RB 14 price, you know? And so this is, this is actually a pretty fortuitous time to sell Austin Eckler and same with my guy, uh, wide receiver, Cortland Sutton. He can't stop having amazing catches and scoring touchdowns, but neither of those, stats are sticky contested catches nor touchdowns are sticky and so we've had a really good ride with this guy um denver offense is overperforming Cortland sutton has been one of the engines of that offense he is a trusted receiver um of russell wilson and now it's time to cash in and say thank you so much for the points i will take picks i will take a lateral move plus a small ad and I'll let that regression hit a different lineup because it's not going to be hitting mine. Hmm. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like touchdown regression for sure. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree with that part. I just, there, that offense just doesn't have a whole lot else. I mean, maybe Lucas Kroll is, is kind of the driving force behind it. Lucas Kroll is the reason that I forgot to mention Tegan Quatoriano. So, I mean, maybe he, maybe he's good enough that he at least cuts into what Corlin Sutton is doing, but he casts a big shadow. Yeah. 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 Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. He's, he's got some superpowers for sure, but I like it just the like Jerry Judy. It just doesn't work. They're not letting Marvin Mims get on the field. Uh, you know, and otherwise it's just kind of a mixed cast of Brandon Johnson and Lil Jordan Humphreys. And, and it's just kind of like who, who actually benefits from the regression. Yeah. If, you know, if, if it's going to hit. Um, Two things on that, John. First, okay. you, you brought up a really strong point uh, for one of my personal leagues that I want to just share with the super friends. We have a rule um in our league that's it's not starting until next year but i'm i'm in a league with two of my friends and whoever is the lowest scorer of the week has to trade for little jordan humphrey from whoever was the previous low scorer <laughs> so it's it's sort of a badge of dishonor uh, yeah. rostering little jordan humphrey the the, yeah. the real point that i want to make is that i just don't care 
about this profile, about the late 20s wide receiver who's been pretty good, but not great. It's just so rare that they turn into Cooper Cup. It's so mm-hmm. rare that they actually matter. And so it's it's a reasonable time to cash out because a month from now, Cortland Sutton is not worth a second. I don't think I can get anything for him. And those yeah. points aren't likely to be the key to my championship run. And if they are, like, I look like an idiot. That's that's okay. I look like an idiot all the time. Yeah, that's fair. And it's it's not a super efficient offense. It's certainly not an explosive offense. Uh, they haven't scored more than uh, more than 24 points in what was it five weeks something yeah. like that like this this entire this four game winning streak they've been doing it you know around 17 to 24 points essentially yeah uh, so yeah very capped upside so you know if you can get it you know if 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 there are people who uh, who feel like he's going to be kind of a uh, Keenan Allen type, Amon Ra St. Brown type, you know, between the volume and the touchdowns. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm fully on board with selling at that, you know, at that price. Um, next year, this year, uh, j- mostly helping some, some teams rebuild. Uh, I've got, first of all, I've got Bryce Young. Um, I, you know, you just watch the Panthers offense and it's very obvious like people feel like Bryce Young is a bust at this point I don't see anything wrong with the way he operates other than the fact that he constantly is under pressure he constantly has someone in his face and it's hard enough to operate as an NFL quarterback with that type of 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 mess that type of traffic uh you know right in front of you all the time but then try doing it as a five foot nine quarterback. (laughs) Like it's just, this is not sustainable. They they're going to fix that offensive line. If they do nothing else this off season, they're going to bolster that offensive line for him. And I think that you get the breakout that we expected. And then I'm also, uh, I'm also buying Kyler Murray and honestly just kind of pieces of that Cardinals offense with Kyler Murray. Uh, the, I, I feel like the, that whole narrative of Kyler Murray's cancerous Kyler Murray's, you know, bad in the locker room. I mean, that's pretty overblown. And I think we're seeing that we've seen the difference between, and it, you know, all the credit in the world to Josh Dobbs, he played extremely well in Arizona. It's a different offense with Kyler Murray. Every single one of those players is playing at a higher level since Kyler Murray came back. And he's not even 100%, and that's a much better offense than it was. We're already talking about Kyler Murray right at the moment. Kyler Murray is a top-five quarterback uh, for fantasy purposes. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Hollywood Brown, I think, is going to to stand to benefit from a full season with Kyler Murray in 2024. Michael Wilson, Trey McBride. Get pieces, all of those pieces. I don't care about the running game, to be honest. James Conner, I've I've never really been super high on, but uh, that's also, that's not the part that Kyler Murray is really enhancing anyways. Yeah, I'm really excited about Trey McBride specifically, and I'm hoping they draft another wide receiver this offseason. That's a conversation for another day as well. But if they do in the first or second round, 
I'm going to be really intrigued, man, because th- you're right. This offense has taken off to new heights and it is really fun to watch too, just as a, a football fan, much less a fantasy fan. Like it's a fun team to watch again. And yeah. I really enjoy when Kyler Murray is at the height of his powers and that's going to happen week one of next year. So buy in now while you can. Um, I've got, I've got a really low end guy and then a couple of higher end uh, fantasy assets that I want to buy as a next year, this year, a rebuilding team. I've had folks ask me, what do I do with my running backs if I'm rebuilding? I know I'm not supposed to have them, but how do I cash out? What does that look like? I'm not getting third round picks. I'm not getting second round picks. Like, where do I go with this quote unquote value? I'm putting a little bit of my running back equity into Hendon Hooker, the quarterback for the Detroit Lions who got put on IR at the beginning of the year. Um, And he really needed it to get healthy again coming out of the draft. I don't mind speculatively adding rookie quarterbacks um, who are sort of put on the shelf for a year. Is it a great bet? No. But if you're a rebuilding team, what is Jamal Williams going to be for you next year? I mean, a spot starter at best. And right now he's hurting you. So trade away these backup running backs, these spot starting running backs, and just get them off your team. And if you can't get picks, go to the quarterback market and get backup quarterbacks. Get these rookies that maybe have intriguing upside um, because they're not going to hurt your potential points. They're not going to hurt your wins. They're not going to hurt what your effort is, which is a better roster in week one of 2024. Um, So that's what I'm doing there. Um, At the higher end, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, right? Clear buy opportunity, but not just for those guys individually. If you have Jamar Chase or if you have Joe Burrow, previously, it was really difficult to find that stack, right? To have the assets to hold one of them and then acquire the other. I think right now you can, not at a discount. I'm not proposing... Uh, low-balling folks, because I think that's rude and not very effective. Um, But if you have, let's say, Jamar Chase, and you want to go get Joe Burrow in a super flex league, I saw him go post-injury, so just, you know, in the last 24 hours or so, for Dak Prescott or Tua Tungavailoa. Would you do either of those deals to get Joe Burrow if you're a rebuilder? For a rebuild, not a chance. Yeah. Um, rebuild, man, there aren't very many deals I would, I would accept for Joe Burrow. Oh no, this is to get Joe Burrow. I'm sorry. This is, you're trading oh, away to... Jack Prescott or Tua for Joe Burrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing that then, um, mm-hmm. for a rebuild. I, I've, I've been on kind of both sides of this so far. Uh, I, I'm working on trading for Joe Burrow. Uh, in a on a rebuild team, and I'm gonna give up Kyler Murray plus. Yeah, I would. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then I, one league where I've uh, I was uh, I'm a strong contender, um, and had Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott, so I just lost Joe Burrow. Um, I got uh, Trevor Lawrence and Kenneth Walker, I believe, for for Joe Burrow. Um. Like that's that's the type of move that I'm willing to make as a contender, uh, but like it can't be very much of a downgrade, and I certainly can't be giving up a bunch of years. Yeah, 
there's only about half a dozen quarterbacks that I would even consider trading Joe Burrow away for. Um, and I would have to be a, a pretty strong contender who didn't have several other quarterbacks. Um, but I just, I think it's an awesome stacking opportunity. If you have one or the other, um, really test the market and, and pay up, you know, Jamar Chase costs three firsts or so. Uh, Joe Burrow, maybe all the way up to four firsts in value. Don't don't try to lowball somebody because you're going to kill a deal. And this is a pretty narrow window you've got right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely, man. Like that might even be our uh, our strategy talk here in a second. Um, that him and Mark Andrews both. There's, I mean, we've kind of hit on it, so mm-hmm. we we might have it covered, but there's a pretty big opportunity with both of those guys. Um, let me talk about some lineup hacks real quick for you. So I'm looking at some players who give you two out of three good weeks in the fantasy playoffs. And then we'll talk about what to do on that third week when they're not so great. (laughs) So some quarterbacks to target. Well, I'm at the quarterback position. Brock Purdy gives you week 15 and 17. He's got the the best matchup possible in week 15 against Arizona. Uh, and then the, uh, the 24th best team, um, uh, Washington. So what the, the ninth best matchup possible, I believe, uh, in week 17. So two very good matchups, but they sandwich a terrible matchup against Baltimore in week 16. Consider Josh Dobbs. He has uh, number 29 Detroit, so the third best, uh, uh, fourth best, sorry, um, possible matchup. So, like, so I'm here's the thing like, I'm looking at guys who I don't think are going or necessarily like must start type players for you, generally speaking. Um, I, I don't subscribe to start your studs. I think this is the type of thing that we should be looking at every single week, especially when it's, when it's win or go home. But I, you know, I recognize that people are going to have a hard time benching some studs. So we're not going to talk about, you know, the, the elite of the elite, but Brock Purdy, I, I wouldn't consider him elite. I think he's the type of guy that you, that you consider benching in a bad matchup. And in week 16, especially, you know, when you're facing elimination, uh, one win away from the fantasy championship, I think that you consider benching him for somebody like Josh Dobbs. At running back, Ramondre Stevenson, week 16 and 17, he's got uh, number the 26th uh, best defense at stopping running backs. That's Denver. And then 27th, which is Buffalo. But in week 15, first week of the playoffs, he's got Kansas City. And they're the seventh best at stopping running backs. You might consider Josh Kelly, if, assuming that he's taken a job from Austin Eckler by then, because he has the best matchup possible with Las Vegas. At wide receiver, Nico Collins and Tank Dell, fifth, weeks 15 and 17, they get Tennessee. Tennessee is number 28 at stopping wide receivers from scoring fantasy points. But sandwiched in there, week 16, they get Cleveland, who is the third best at stopping wide receivers. Darnell Mooney actually is like, I couldn't mention DJ Moore. If you've got DJ Moore, you're starting him, right? But Darnell Mooney is a consideration, a possible replacement because he has the best matchup possible against Arizona. 
and then at tight end, Trey McBride. Uh, week 16 and 17, he's got two of the best matchups possible. He's got Chicago, 28th best, and Philadelphia, the 31st best defense, is stopping tight ends. Meanwhile, in week 15, he gets the he has the worst matchup possible against San Francisco. Consider Logan Thomas. We talked about him earlier, uh, and he has the best matchup possible against the LA Rams. Yeah, these are all pretty helpful. Um, I, I love this segment, John, because I don't put in any of the work, full transparency. Um, <laughs> you do all the work and I just sit here and learn. So I appreciate that um, to get these lineup hacks. And you brought up something that maybe we can spend just a couple minutes on, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, just completely cold. Do you do anything different in the playoffs um, that you don't do in terms of lineup or roster roster ship decisions? Um, in the regular season? Uh, not really. And uh, so here's the thing is I think that I'm probably on an Island as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. The fact that my approach doesn't change from the regular season to the postseason. I think a lot, a lot of people you'll, you, when you, when we get to the fantasy playoffs, you start hearing a lot of analysis that amounts to start your studs, take mm-hmm. the, bring the one a dance with the ones who brought you whatever, however you want, you know, whatever cutesy little saying they want to use. They're basically telling you these players who have been good for you, you know, most of the season, not all the season. I, you know, these guys have had some down weeks here and there. You just didn't notice because it wasn't single elimination at that point. But now, now that it's single elimination, you know, don't overthink it is what they say. You know, start your studs and go with the guys who supposedly got you there, even though those guys also cost you some wins along the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I play a little differently, to be honest with you. So I think mm-hmm. you and I play fantasy a little differently. I think that I try to attack people and markets um, and trends in a pretty aggressive way that is probably a little bit unconventional. Um, When the season starts, I've got 11 other managers that I need to be concerned about. About this time of year, I've got maybe six or eight other managers that I'm really fighting with for, um, you know, some of these SOPs, some of these ads and trades and fades. Um, But once I get to the playoffs, I'm really only focused on one other person, right? And so I try to take away as many advantages from them as I can. Um, That could be saving a little extra fab for this time of year. If I see that the other contending managers don't really have a lot, let's say that they've spent up big and they only have, you know, a dollar or two and I've got $40. I'm not going to spend until the postseason if I'm a strong contender because I can pull away whatever it is they may need in a given week. And if it gets down to a final four, I'm going to start to look at the other two managers as well in the matchup that I'm not in to see if I can influence who I have to play in the championship. So I start to narrow my focus on the other managers and see if there are any advantages to be gained. Um, And if there aren't, let's say that it's, you know, just kind of a barren waiver wire and all the other teams are pretty stacked. I start to look to next year, even if I'm a contending team, if I have extra roster spots. You know, some of those wide receivers that maybe I was streaming, like a a Noah Brown, let's say, um, 
I'm fine getting rid of them if it's not going to help my other contending managers. Like, see you later. I'll pick up somebody who may be helpful next year because pretty soon lineups are going to lock as well. And I want to make sure that I'm well positioned in March um, before the rookie draft to trade away some uh, ascending assets, some waiver wire ads that maybe fall into better opportunities. I like that a lot. That That's something that, uh, first of all, I fully intend to adopt. Uh, it's also just kind of something that I think subconsciously I've probably done to, to some extent in the past, but to be more deliberate about it, I think is, is, is very underrated, mm-hmm. you know, like for instance, uh, and, you know, it's, it, and it's not just who you pick up, but it, it can also be who you drop. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, you know, if you've got, if you've got some pretty significant depth, like in a redraft league, anyways, you've got significant depth at quarterback and you're playing against somebody who had, he's got, you know, they have their two starters already set all of a sudden, you know, you, you pick the two quarterbacks out of your five that you want to actually start. The other three can be dropped. If mm-hmm. they want to pick them up, that's fine because they're not going to start them. So, you know, so it, it, it opens opportunities as far as like, you know, who you can drop, just kind of looking at the other lineup, especially in the fantasy championship in the final oh, yeah. week. You yeah. Know? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, who you pick up as well, that can be a, like, I, I really like what you're saying as far as, you know, kind of blocking the other, uh, the other manager. Yeah. Moves are so limited. You just want to take advantage of whatever you can because nobody remembers second place. Like nobody cares. You want to win. And so give yourself those tiny advantages whenever you can. Yep. Absolutely. I like that. So we got, it was just kind of a, a, like a mini strategy session, but it's still super useful stuff. Um, And, you know, we can talk more about some kind of lineup settings and roster management for the fantasy playoffs uh, as we go along. But um, I think that that, you know, covers it pretty broadly and uh, stuff to, you know, start kind of preparing for and start looking for as we approach those fantasy playoffs. So we've got your standard operating procedures for the week. You've got your standard operating procedures for the week for week 12 all that's left for you to to do is to go and execute so let's wrap this one up for the week and as we do that ask you for a quick favor if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts you can also subscribe to the dlf family of podcasts mega feed and get access to all the great podcasts from dynastyleaguefootball.com once you've subscribed to the super show if you do us a huge favor and rate and review the show those ratings and especially those reviews help us to uh, get out to more people, involve more people in this ongoing Superflex conversation. And from there, we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, our super friends. You can get at us on X. He's at FFTommyB. I'm at Superflex Dude. This episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catullus. Thank you to DynastyLeagueFootball.com for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexible.